Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. So welcome to the Readerly Report. I, Nicole, am coming to you from vacation um, in St. Petersburg, Florida. I haven't had a chance to look at the bookstore here. So, but when I was in North Carolina, I did buy a book. Oh, what did you buy? Um, I bought Claire Fuller's book. It's the one called Swimming Lessons. Hmm. Have you heard of it? Nope. Uh, actually, maybe I have. I read one of her books once where I started it. I had a really hard time getting into it. Mm. It was her first one about growing up in Africa. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Um, did you not like the writing, the subject matter? I don't Give even, us some more. I don't even remember. I just I just couldn't get into it. What was that one called? It was, um, I'm going to look it up while we're talking. Uh, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. I didn't like, I think it was the writing. It maybe felt too sparse. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. She's had a few after that. So what is, what is swimming lessons about? So swimming lessons is one of those, um, it's sort of epistolary. It's told, um, this woman writes letters to her husband and then she disappears and he's tasked with raising their children. And I think one of the daughters thinks that. Um, she sees her somewhere. Hmm. So it's just sort of like the letters are about their marriage and, you know, what was going on, I guess, what was going on in the marriage that would compel her to possibly disappear if this is indeed her that they have seen. And um, I think it's just coming out in paperback. I've heard a bunch of people talking about it. It was like recommended at the bookstore. It's Malaprop's bookstore. So I always feel the need to buy like a book on vacation. Yes. Feel like it's my duty. Yes. <laughs> I totally I totally do that too. So and I agonize. Like it took me a while to figure it out because there's so much that I either have or know that I'm not interested in. Or, you know, sometimes I go in the bookstore and I just feel like every book that I see I know something about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so sometimes it can make it hard to get. But I haven't read anything about her. I have heard that her writing is good. So, and, you know, usually I will flip through to see if I like what the writing style is. And I didn't do that this time. So now I'm kind of concerned since you didn't like her first book. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, this was years ago and definitely don't allow me to diminish no, your I'm, enthusiasm. No, still... Um, it still sounds like it might be like a compelling read when I am doing more of a poolside vacation. Because like I said, well, actually, I didn't say to everyone. So my vacation in Asheville, North Carolina was very fun, but it was really active. So it was not like my normal, you know, I pick one activity to do every day, but I do spend a good you know, part of my time at the pool or at the beach, it was just pretty much on the ground running because there was so much to see. And part of that was seeing the Biltmore Estate. So now I want to read all of these books about the Vanderbilts, but <laughs> we'll see. Nice. <laughs> so I am working my way through the Paris Wife. I went 
to an event with Paula McLean, and I was supposed to have read the book, completed reading the book, because she gave a little talk club discussion in groups, because Random House throws fun events like that. So I didn't make it through all of the book, but, you know, the conversation was not spoiled, and she's a really good speaker. So if you have the chance to see Paula McLean... She seems to put out a lot of books. She may have had one before The Paris Wife, and then there was The Paris Wife. And then I feel like a couple of years ago, it was Circling the Sun. And now mm. coming out is Love and Ruin, which is basically the sequel to The Paris Wife. So The Paris Wife was told from the point of view of Hemingway's first wife, Hadley Richardson. Okay. And then it's not, it kind of goes into his second wife because... He had four wives. And then I think this one is telling, Love and Ruin is telling the story of his third wife, Martha Gellhorn, who was, you know, she was a famous journalist in her own right. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think that the, why I think she puts out so many books is that they've all, they're all sort of connected. So I feel like I keep reading about the same general theme. Right. Um, I really like The Paris Wife. I've heard very good things about that, too. Like, it's just... Um, I don't know. It's always fascinating to read about the artists and their long-suffering wives. And, you know, of course, they're usually in some time period when they don't have very many choices. That sounds like a good vacation pick. Um, I think the book I read by... Uh, is it Claire F- Alexander Fuller? Is that her name? Claire Fuller. Claire Fuller. Isn't that, um, Don't Let's Go to the Dogs Tonight? Wasn't that her first one? Oh. That's the one that I tried. This was years and years ago. So, Mm. yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's the same author. She wrote Our Endless Numbered Days, which is another book I really wanted to read. There might be another Fuller. You know what? You're exactly right. I'm confusing the two Fullers. Claire Fuller is who you bought. And I'm confusing her with Alexandra Fuller, who wrote Don't Let's Go to the Dogs Tonight, which is a memoir about growing up in Africa. And then she had a follow-up book to that. So ah, you especially shouldn't let me in any way dampen your enthusiasm <laughs> about the book because I am dead wrong about who wrote okay. the book. Now I, I'm, I'm more excited now. Good. It's I'm back. so glad. I'm so embarrassed that I confused the two. Um, I'm looking at swimming lessons. That looks like a good book. So I'm eager to hear what you think of it. So, um, I finished a book and I'm mired in a second book, which is causing Mm. me to slow down my reading pace because I, it's taking me forever to get through it. But the book I finished is one that you read so we can talk about it. And it was, um, still me. I read it. Jojo Moyes. Oh, What'd you think? I liked it. I mean, she's just... How can you not? Exactly. She's totally irresistible. So this is the third book in the uh, Me Before You trilogy. I think it's probably my least favorite of the three, but I still really liked it. I did it on audio with the same narrator who did the second one and probably the first one, although I think I read that one in print, and she's awesome. And I mean, you just like, I, when I got to the last like 40 pages, I just had to read it. I, I just had to finish it and know what happened. So it's, you know, it's a little bit tidy and it's Lou Clark. It's very predictable, but it was really good. I liked it a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that when you're writing a heartwarming character like that, I mean, there are there are moments where she gets into their relationship and, you know, it's like, is this a rehash of things or whatever? But she's just such a familiar character and so lovable. And you just want it to be a neat ending. I mean, this is not not the book that I want to read and I find something devastating at the end. Right. No, of course not. I mean, listen, there's something devastating happened in the end of the first book, and that, of course, shapes the entire series. <laughs> I mean, it's the most devastating thing that can happen. But you know right. that that's a possibility. And then, actually, you know what? This may be, I may like this one better than the second one. Because the second one, she's still grieving so much, and you just feel like it's kind of a hangover from the first one, whereas this one... She moves to New York, and she has this whole new life and meets these new characters. Um, and I don't know. It was just like she's just a good writer, and she's a great storyteller, and there's little twists and turns that happen that you don't expect, and I thought that was really good. Yeah, I think the thing with this character, I just think you just enjoy being in her life and seeing how she's going to deal with things. Right. And and yes, we, we wanted to have a tidy ending. This is not the book that I'm going to go... Oh, it was just so predictable at the end, or it just, it was, yeah, it was, it wasn't. And I think, I really think that this needs to be the end for that character for a while. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I wasn't, I was never expecting this to be a trilogy, and I'm sort of curious as to whether um, Jojo Moyes intended it to be a trilogy, or if it's just sort of grown out of it. That you want to end well, it has to end well, but. Um, I would be a little disappointed to see a book number four. <laughs> yes. I think, I think we've put Louisa Clark through a lot of things and like to sort of what you need in these book for these books to be interesting is for Louisa to be sort of temporarily unhappy for a while. And I feel like she's been gone through lots of bouts of being temporarily unhappy. And right. so it's just like, so and we like, like to let her be that, happy. Right. Yeah. So, so you yeah. read that. So I read you that. You were in the middle of two books. Yeah. So the other book is called Mothers and Other Strangers. And it's by an author, and I think it's by Gina Morell. And I've got this book from a small-ish publisher. I think it's called Prospect, Prospect Park. Um, it's about this woman who grew up in Canada with a very unstable mother like a mother who was very difficult not very affectionate didn't put her first in her life in any way and when the book opens her mother has died and she's come she now lives in california and she's come home to toronto to deal with her mother's death and there's all these mysteries and she's sort of unpacking the mystery of who her mother was and trying to figure out what was going on and it's not even a very long book but it and it's not that i dislike it it's just it's really relentlessly dark and mm. it's just sort of like, I don't know, I'm not like eager to get back to it. I think it's because like, just have a lot of sh- stuff going on right now at home and I'm busy and kind of, things are sort of stressful. That's the worst time for a relentlessly dark book. Right. It's a good time for Louisa. Exactly. And I'm finding myself like being drawn to these books that are a little bit lighter and Mothers and Other Strangers is not light. So, uh, I don't know. So we'll... We'll see if I've got, I just need to finish it so that, yeah, Gina Sorrell is the name of the author. 
I just need to finish it so that I can get moved go to something else because I think in retrospect it just wasn't the right book for right now. Right. Yeah, Prospect Park books. So um, anyway, so I'm gonna just try to get through that, and I need an, an audio book to replace Still Me, and I'm really cheap, and I don't like to buy audio books because they're so expensive. So I have a number of review copy audiobooks on my phone that I've downloaded through like um, the Volumes app or I've gotten other review copies that are on my phone and just none of them is what I want to read right now. So I've spent like an hour tonight on all these various library websites (laughs) trying to find some book that I have in the house on audio so that I can have the book and the audio together and like they're all you know, none of them is available. They're all like, all the copies are, are checked out. So I've put them all on hold, but that's not helping me for tomorrow morning when I need to have an audiobook in the car. Right. So this is like the stress of my life right now. <laughs> You're yeah. so good. I have a subscription to Audible. I should just break down was, and do I it. I was doing it from, you know, I would get um, books from the library, but once I saw that the audio you can get it from audible and it will sync to your audio to your ebook Hmm. that's what got me and i'm just like oh i need that i don't know why i don't really need that but i do so now i now i can't i can't with any audio i mean if i get a review copy audiobook that's one thing but um, I'm like spoiled for the library now. Yeah, I know. It's really hard. It's it's so frustrating to not be able to get what you want right when you want it without yeah, paying cause then I 30 can bucks. Get, you know, yeah. How much is and your I, Audible I, membership? It's twenty two ninety five Per month? Per month, and I get two credits. Hmm. So it's two audiobooks every month. And it, you know, I... Um, I go in fits and spurts with audiobooks. Like now it's the summertime, so I really will listen to two audiobooks a month because I have a commute or, you know, like if I'm going out places, I will walk and I will listen to my audiobook then. So um, I listen to a lot less audio in the winter. Mm-hmm. But in the spring and in the summer and in the fall where I try to get all of my exercise in by walking, um then I listen to a lot of audiobooks and it kind of works out. And I never go down to the 1495 plan because it just. Is that just one book a month? I think that's one book a month. And then it's just like, but why? I don't know. So that's my weird thing with audiobooks. But yes, I love it because, you know, especially now since I'm not supposed to carry a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah. I don't like to carry a book with me, but I can always have my phone with me. That will have either my audiobook um, and it'll be synced. Like it'll automatically sync to the place in my Kindle app. Right. On my iPhone. So that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just so cheap. I wish I would just relent and just buy the book. But I feel like this is like one thing I don't want to spend money on because there's I'm just deluded with both I'm sorry deluged with both books and audiobooks that I have review copies for free that I'm like I shouldn't be spending money on them right yeah I just gave up trying to make sense around books because I'm just irrational yeah it's well, just I just it makes no sense that's fair 
that's definitely fair. <laughs> I can appreciate that. And you're allowed to be. I mean, this is our like passionate hobby. You're allowed to have your quirks. Right. I have I have very little else. Yeah. Like I don't even like buy lots of shoes. <laughs> so funny. I had shoes open on my computer when you said that. <laughs> Gail's like, I'm getting some shoes. Yeah. See, now I'll spend money on shoes. But the books, mm. uh, I'm too cheap to buy the books. See, I'll spend money on clothes and wear the same shoes and buy books. I love clothes. I will spend money on clothes and shoes, but I will cheap out on books because I, there's just too many of them in the house. Right. But and you're going to suffer tomorrow because you don't have an audio I am going to suffer. I started an audiobook that I really wanted to read. See, here's another like audiobook dilemma. It's this book called um, This Could Hurt. And it's this workplace book by Jillian Madoff, I think is her name. And mm-hmm. I really want to read it. But okay, I started the audio this morning and it opened with an org chart. And I'm like, oh. I can't do an org chart on audio unless I go home and write out the org chart as they're saying it and bring the org chart with me in the car. Cause you know that it's going to be, I'm going to be flipping back to it like a family See, tree. I think, I think that if you had audible, you just download the PDF. Yeah, I guess I could do that, but I have this free, you know, it's sitting there, but like it didn't grab me because I can't see the damn org chart. Yeah. That's the thing with audio sometimes. Yeah. It is the drawback of audio. So so what are you going to do? Have you found a place that's reasonable enough? No, they're all the same. They're all like 30 bucks. Unless I get a what? plan. That just, oh, I was about to say, that just seems crazy for an audio book. But I, it's like, I don't want to get the audio, the subscription, because usually I can time this so that I get something from the library or a review copy. And I have 17 review copies of different audio books. I should just pick one of them. But, like, let me tell you what I have on audio that I could listen to. You can tell me whether I should read any of these. Okay. So, in the Penguin Random House sure Volumes are, app... Oops, sorry. Mm-hmm. It just opened my... uh <laughs> started the audiobook. Okay, so just sitting in the library. I have Educated, which you said you liked, right? I did. I have My Absolute Darling, which you said you liked. And those are both too grim if you're, like, going through stuff. Okay. <laughs> I have The Italian Teacher... Um, I don't know. That didn't appeal to me for some reason. Okay. See, this is why I'm not taking out the audiobooks. I downloaded Ready Player One, but I don't think I want that. No. No. Okay. So that's... I can't see you listening to that. Yeah. I mean, those were just free review copies. So I was like, oh, all right. Well, I'll just, I mean, all I just, I just clicked on them and... Right. I, all and I had they, to do is they just appeared they in my phone. They jumped into your system. Yeah. They're in my phone. <laughs> Okay, so then I'll tell you the audiobooks I have on um, my Dropbox, which I could listen to as well. A book called Tin Man. Oh, that I've been wanting to read that. Oh, okay. Um, Do This For Me by Eliza Kennedy. Haven't heard of oh, that. Oh, The Girl Who Never Read Noam Chomsky. I really wanted to read that. I know, you've been talking about that for oh. quite a bit. Oh, see, look at this. I've got all these good books here. Anatomy of a Miracle. <laughs> Brass. Yeah. I haven't I, heard oh, of I Am, I Am, I Am by Maggie O'Farrell. I really want to read that. Gail, Embarrassment of Riches. Everything Here is Beautiful. <gasps> oh, I'm so glad that you got me to do this. Because there's a million you, good books here. Yes. 
So now it's just a matter of what. Of which one to read. Okay. Of which one to read. So of those, which one do you want? Oh, I'm going to go with the girl who never read Noam Chomsky. I really want to yes. read that. Yes. Okay. Um, and you have that in paper too? No, I don't. That's the one downside is I don't have it in paper too. I don't have any of those in paper too. Otherwise. I don't, I really don't think that that's going to be, I think that's going to be more literary. I don't think that you're going to get to a point where you're, you're tearing your hair out because you're not able to read. Right. Like Anita Shreve. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Anita Shreve. Her enduring legacy. I hope that they, I, I wish, I hope that we'll find out she had another one that was. Oh, in the works. In the, Actually, no, those never turn out good because someone else finishes them. And Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. I don't know. She went out on a high note. She sure did. Absolutely. All right. Well, so that was my audiobook dilemma, but you've just solved it. So thank you. Oh, I'm good. thrilled. Oh, I should have just opened the stupid Dropbox folder. Okay. Well, there we go. So now I don't well, there, we, there you have it, our <laughs> and that, first world book problem. And then I'm going to thank you in like two weeks when all of those audiobooks come in from my placing holds on them. I'm going to have like seven audiobooks <laughs> from the library waiting for and me. Then, and then you're going to have a library dilemma, so we'll be back here trying right, to figure out right. what you should read. It's just a cycle. <laughs> before they expire. Oh, so funny. All right, so... And I'll have more books and no shoes, but some clothes. Yes, and I'll have shoes and and some clothes. And Target purchases where you go in to buy, like, a disposable razor when you're on vacation and come out with $93 worth of stuff. So what did you spend the $93 on? Well, because... I don't know. I have like my cover up, but I didn't bring my bathing suit. So this is what happens when you go on vacation, you're home for one day and you have to repack and get yourself out the door. It doesn't go well. So you come with a cover up and no bathing suit Mm -hmm. and then you don't bring your razor and then Mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, I need to go get a razor. And then I'm just like, oh, well, I'll just get like a Target bathing suit. Yep. Because, you know, why not? Right. And then I'll have it as an extra, but then you like walk by, I don't know, the face mask section. <laughs> right. There's everything you need and it's just, all under one roof. Just one thing leads to another and you just pass things by and you're. And I always find that I get in line and I'm like, well, this will probably be about $75. And then they ring it up and it's like $175. And I'm like, right. how did that happen? Like, yep. What? Yep. Yep. But that's, and that's, that's the way it rolls. Yep. And, and I still, and I didn't get a damn razor. <laughs> oh my God. The one so thing you went in I'm going to go in there tomorrow get. before I have to like try to get my legs together to go to the beach and, you know, come out with another $100 worth of purchases. But. Oh my God. No, I, I'm just going to, ha- I may have to send my friend in to get it for me. Oh my God. Let her come out with the hundred dollars. <laughs> it's impossible. That is so funny. Enjoy the rest of your trip. Thanks. Happy reading, everyone. Okay, happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.